Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Peace, family. This episode was originally recorded on video. If you want to check out the images that go along with the conversation, then head over to youtube.com slash at BLK Shutter. Enjoy the episode. I look for consistency. I look for good lighting. Um, I look for a point of view. Like, what is your point of view? Um... Sometimes you see photographs and they're they're nice, but you don't uh, the photographer doesn't bring anything like unique to it. Like, what's your point of view? What's going on, y'all? You have just tuned in to the Black Shutter podcast on this show. I invite black photographers, filmmakers, editors and creative business folks to discuss their experiences and share their wisdom. You will hear about their work, their challenges and their inspirations. My name is Idris Talib Solomon, a creative director, photographer, and filmmaker based in Brooklyn, New York. So if you dig photography and you love the culture, keep your mind open and your headphones locked. This is the Black Shutter Podcast. All right, we're back with another episode of the Black Shutter Podcast. My name is Idris Talib Solomon, and today we have Tracy Woods with us to talk about what it's like being on set making dope out, you know, magazine covers for uh, Ebony and Essence. So Tracy Woods, thank you. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, hopefully I can share a little bit of my knowledge and um, uh, touch a few people and help them, you know, in their career somehow. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Tracy, uh, one reason why I wanted to bring you on the show is because uh, you're one of those people who were creating images that I was a fan of, but I didn't know who was, you know, um, some of the masterminds behind behind the work. So uh, when I met you and then I saw your work, I said, oh, I definitely got to speak to her about all the magic that goes on behind, like, making some of these uh, magazine covers. Uh, but um, before we get into that work... Why don't you tell us, uh, you know, where you're from, where your family's from? Um, so I am all I am originally from Providence, Rhode Island, and uh, grew up there. I went to undergrad there, went to Rhode Island College, and then I came to New York to go to grad school. I went to Pratt and mm-hmm. got my MFA in photography, and just stayed. I mean, this was the kind of mecca of art and photography. 
and wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do when I graduated. I thought I wanted to be a still life photographer. I thought I wanted to be, I really wanted to just be an artist and create and, you know, mm -hmm. living in New York, as you know, is expensive and I needed a job. So I started um, assisting and realized really quickly I didn't like it. I didn't like being the one responsible for taking the photos. Mm. Um, it was a lot of pressure. And I tried assisting different types of photographers from, you know, because I wanted to be a still life photographer. What I thought I did, I, I did still life. I did fashion. Um, I worked in advertising editorial and realized, you know, as I said, really quickly that it wasn't for me. And one of those photographers needed a studio manager and I became a studio manager for, um, for him. And that's how I learned the business of photography. He okay. was an advertising commercial advertising photographer, did still life beauty. He was also a director. So I really learned the ins and outs of running a photo business because ultimately, even as an artist, you're running yourself, your business. And, mm -hmm. um, it was learning everything from, you know, putting your portfolio together to how to sell yourself to clients, marketing yourself. Um, and then just the day-to-day -day of running a business, um, you know, from expenses, hiring people, just everything. That's how I learned the business. You know, as a self-taught photographer, you know, um, there's a lot of things that you just don't learn, right? Um, because you're not aware of all the different things it takes to, to you know, be successful in this career. And I've always wondered what life would be like if I started over in this career path and I was able to assist a little bit in the beginning and kind of learn on the job, right? Learn from a seasoned professional who's been working with clients and who has like made a bunch of mistakes so that, you know, I don't have to make those mistakes or I don't, I don't have to make the same mistakes. Um, but the fact that you were able to learn the business side of things is like, that's invaluable. You know, so many photographers just coast or, or not even coast, just float along, you know, in their career without understanding certain aspects of the business. And the fact that you have all of that experience, it actually makes sense that you're move on to kind of being like the director of photography roles or like the producing roles that you've you've um definitely had. because mm -hmm. when i started out it was just learning and observing and then it was oh okay producing the smaller shoots and then all of a sudden i'm um working with bigger shoots i would work with his uh TV commercials director and really kind of got a, a, a lay of the land of that as well. And then from that, I went to working with a couple of different photo reps and working with different photographers. And um, it totally was an invaluable experience. It was just mm -hmm. something um, that I probably, if I didn't do that, I don't know where I would be. But mm -hmm. uh, you know, might have taken me longer to get where I am now. Uh, I mean, it's like everyone chooses a different path and there's no wrong way, but it does help. Like if you can assist, 
even if you're just starting out, like even if you're self-taught, it doesn't mean that you can't assist someone. It just means, you know, finding that right person that mm -hmm. you could um, get, learn from or be have them mentor you. So, yeah, absolutely. And um, I'm one of those people, I, I find mentors and I adopt mentors along my path. You know, they don't, they may not know that <laughs> they're mentoring me, but in my mind, I'm like, yeah, you're, you're my yeah. mentor and I'm going I'm to stick around for a while. Um, so it's interesting that, you know, you got a taste of set life and decided that uh, that pressure of like being the one um, creating the images and having that responsibility was something that you were like, I'm going to take a step back from this. Um, I wonder like how, so you went, you got your degree in graphic design from Rhode Island and then your master's in photography, right? Yeah. Um, Pratt, like how do those two different degrees, how did they show up for you? Um, when you decided to take a step back from being a photographer? Um, I think with the, well, definitely with the photography, I could understand, um, like composition and lighting and looking at things, sometimes giving my advice if asked. Um, I think once the, like the, the photographer that was a studio manager, once we got like in a groove and got comfortable with one another, I could make suggestions of things to shoot and, you know, maybe how to grow the portfolio, talking to his rep, oh, he needs to do this kind of stuff. Um, so I think the artistic kind of background helped. I also would do like, especially on smaller budget shoots, um, sometimes I would be the prop stylist or, um, yeah, I would be the prop stylist Some, uh, and I started sewing, like I had different artistic endeavors. I, st I remember I started sewing and there was, um, small little job that we did and we needed someone to make it was for like a, a household um like laundry product and they wanted to show they were doing a newsletter for their customers and they wanted to show um how you can use their product and transform an item into something else. And I remember I'm like, oh, I'll do that. I'll make that. And you know, they paid me the money that we would have paid someone like a, a prop stylist or a prop maker to make. And I had to turn like a pair of jeans into a backpack. Mm. So those like using all my skills in different ways kind of helped. Absolutely. In so. editorial world, especially um, sometimes you have smaller budget projects where you do a little, you wear diff many different hats. Okay, I'm the photo editor, I'm the producer, I'm the um, prop stylist, because um, we rather keep the money, either we don't have a huge budget for this mm -hmm. project, or, um, but you want it to look a certain way. So we're yeah. like, okay, let's, we don't need a prop stylist for this. We can, it's simple props, we can go get those ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that's a fun part too, like being able to wear those different hats and see it all come together, you know, on, on you know, in, in camera. Right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, um, I want to jump into some of the, the art and uh, the art of portraits and magazine covers, um, you know, from the perspective of, you know, 
an editor, producer, you know, I'm a photographer. Um, and there's, you know, uh, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of photographers out there who see these magazine covers and always wonder like, how do they, how does this project come together from concept to execution to like publishing? Right. So, um, I definitely want to like dive into your brain a little bit so, um, to understand like all the different things that go into making some of these, um, images. So give me one second. I'll share my screen and we could jump into some of these, uh, some of this work. Uh, yeah, I remember seeing this Nas cover and I'm a big fan of Nas and obviously like anything I see, I'm going to be like, all right, I'm, and I'm, I'm a fan of photography. So I see this all come together and I'm just like, first thing I ask myself is who shot this? I, first thing I do is I look for bylines, right? Oh, I then do I start, that all the time. <laughs> right. I don't even read, I don't even read the, the articles. I glance through the articles, but I focus more on, on the creators of it. Right. So I think this was uh Joshua Kissy, right? Yes. All right. So, uh, tell us, uh, album cover, um, album cover, a magazine cover like this, like what, how do, how do magazine covers typically come together? Like, is there a concept, uh, you know, do you brainstorm as a team? You leave it in the hands of the photographer. Uh, what is a typical, how does a typical magazine cover come together? Um, it depends on uh, the magazine. Mm -hmm. In this case, um, Ebony has a creative team. They have uh, a creative director. There's an editor-in-chief. There's um, the photo director. Um, and their photo director is also a photographer who generally shoots most of the covers. Mm -hmm. Um, for this one, he did not, but, um, it, it, it could be like in this one, it's probably brain brainstorming. Everyone may come in with their ideas. Um, and then basically it's probably the editor in chief and most cases that would pick the final idea of what they like. Mm -hmm. Um, with this, we wanted to highlight, um, you know, Nas is an icon. He's been around and he's not only, um, a hip hop artist, but he's a businessman. So they wanted mm -hmm. to kind of show that as well. And, um, almost set a stage. So that's how this came about. We wanted to find a location that had kind of some opulence that wasn't too decadent. And then we brought in some fabrics. We brought in, um, like the jacket he's wearing is this black designer who uses, um, it's almost this kind of Renaissance mm -hmm. style, um, painting in his, um, design but it's all of um, black folks. So they wanted to highlight that as well. Mm -hmm. I have a but one thing question. I could say too, is when you're doing, um, especially with celebrity, um, you create a mood board. So a mood board's created and you're present and you present the mood board to them. Sometimes they may like, Oh, I did something similar to this. Can we change it a little bit? Um, for the most part, they usually like it, but a lot I've, I've had, instances where someone said i did the same exact shoot for something else that's coming mm -hmm. out and you're like okay we got to pivot and um 
regroup and see how we're going to change it. Um, so but, do do the um, do the celebrities get the mood boards beforehand? Like oh yeah yeah times? they all the, they all want to see it. It's the publicists really they they all uh-huh. want to see because they, they want to know what they're walking into. Um, rarely have I seen a celebrity walk into something and not know what they're doing. All right. So that helps with your preparation, you know, to know, all right, that cool. That makes sense. And a lot of times you may not have a lot of time with the talent, depending on, um, what the agreement is, um, how, you know, long you have with them. I think with Nas, we probably had four hours. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah, I've I've had shoots where it's been less, but because we wanted to get multiple looks mm-hmm. and an interview, a uh, video interview, um, what I know with Ebony, they try to block out at least mm-hmm. a good chunk of time, four to six hours. What is wow? Talent. That's really generous, especially at this stage of his career. I've I've heard I've heard stories, not necessarily Nas, but just you know celebrities or politicians people of interest you get maybe five minutes sometimes oh a politician you get five minutes i remember years ago i had to photograph uh i had to send someone to photograph um hillary clinton Mm -hmm. and they initially gave us 20 minutes and then it was when she was senator um no she wasn't senator she was i forgot what what um she might have been center. I don't remember what her title was, but um, it was right before or right when she was running, like in 2008 mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. nine, when she was running um, against Barack for that first election that he won. And I think we had 20 minutes. I send the photographer and then maybe 10 minutes in, she gets a call and she's like, okay, I got to go. And that was it. So, and and with those cases, you try to pick a photographer who's worked with politicians or that they're comfortable with because Mm -hmm. they have to be fast. They have to get whatever shots they get. They have to get it right away. There's no like, oh, let's try this. Try like, you don't have that kind of luxury. So yeah, four hours. That sounds pretty, um, sounds pretty dope that he was, um, able to be available that long. So, uh, next one, um, I love this, I love this cover. I mean, obviously Black Panther, um, is more than a movie for us, um, in so many ways, just, um, this gener- this younger generation of black and brown kids who get to see a full cast of heroes on the screen that True. are proud, um, are strong, that are, um, not like a caricature of us um, is important. Now I know it's fictional, right? And you know, there are some people who are like, that's doesn't, you know, Wakanda is a made up country, like represent real Africa. I know there's that, that side of the argument as well, but I think it's fictional, right? And I take my son to see it and, you know, he gets to see like these people, beautiful, beautiful skin, beautiful, like they, they're well-groomed, they're taking care of themselves, they look healthy. Seeing up on the screen does something for our, you know, uh, the way that we're able to see ourselves. So I love this cover because it just looks like a, a work of art, 
right? It looks like a painting almost. And that's something that I'm noticing a lot about the different magazine covers that I've been seeing, especially that you've been a part of. Um, talk about like how a uh, concept for this, you know, um, movie, um, this this um, magazine cover comes together. It's the same thing. Uh, it's, um, I think there probably were a couple of different concepts and obviously this is the one that came about and we had very limited time to shoot this. It was maybe an hour, if that. Mm. Um, and I say an hour to 90 minutes where you had to do a group shot and get mm -hmm. individual shots or semi-group shots, mm -hmm. like smaller group shots. And it was doing Comic-Con in San Diego. So mm -hmm. you're in this small little conference room. We had a big set and, you know, it's basically hours of work beforehand just to set everything up. You know, the prop stylist comes in, um, we did some shots on a green screen as well. So it was basically flipping the green screen down um, behind uh, or in front of the, the prop stuff so that you can do, we had, um, there was a couple of points where we had a CGI artist create um, some moving elements for the video cover which, you know, with Ebony, they always did a still and a motion cover. That mm -hmm. was kind of, that's their thing. And it, it's a lot of work, you know, to wrangle five celebrity talent, yeah. yep. different personalities, different needs. And they all have different time commitments also, right? They're all, yes. Yes. And then, I mean, granted, they were all there to do press for um black panther but you know everyone's coming in at different times so like to try to you know i'm where i work very closely with the publicist from disney on this to coordinate everyone's time their arrivals you know a lot of late night calls just coordinating everything and then getting um a stylist, uh, imagine you have all these people, they all have their own stylist, their hair, <laughs> makeup, and yeah. we wanted something uniform. So we're like, we need one stylist. And, you know, sometimes it's a little battle for that, but like our stylist could work with their stylist to make sure that everyone's looks good. You know, we're not, we're not in the, we're not going to make anyone look bad. Like yeah. our thing is everyone has to look good. So, so this so was a fun shoot to come about and it's kind of fast. I think we talked about it for a long time. And then once you're in production, it just moves really quickly and things change. And um, we're like, Oh, the CGI artist said, if you want to have like, where you see the, like the leaves in the front, if you, if there's any element that, needs to be there to show kind of like a sense of space. You have to make sure that's included in, um, in the shoot. So yeah. if that makes sense. Uh, no, can you, 
Can you uh, explain that a little bit? So, uh, and this is something that I did not know either. Like if you're doing any kind of CGI computer generated um, Mm -hmm. work, if you want it, like we wanted the ferns in the front of um, Mm -hmm. on the left to kind of be real or we knew they were going to be there when you put down the green screen it has to be there. Those things have to be there as well. So like mm-hmm. the rocks that they're sitting on, like include oh, okay. as much real stuff so that when the yeah. CGI artist creates kind of the environment they're going to be in, it doesn't look so fake. Got it. Got sense. it. So yeah, they need to have, it needs to be practical. There needs yeah. to be some practical items in there. So that makes sense. That was real. This project was really cool because it was working with a CGI artist, which I haven't really done much before. Um, a lot of times with like advertising shoots, you just hand over the assets to the agency and then they take over. Um, I'm not involved in that aspect. So this working with the creative director and the CGI artist to get what um, they wanted was pretty fun. Oh, so you were able to work with the CGI on this one? Yeah, it was really so, cool. So that's 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 dope because, um, you know, that's I could see your design background, your graphic design background, merge with your photography background in situations like this where you have to think about more, like think about beyond the image, beyond the photo, like what exactly. are all these other things that are going to make this um this final piece come together, right? Yes. And a lot of times, like, you know, as the producer, um, I'm not involved so much in the creative. I get the creative from the um, the clients, in mm-hmm. this case, Ebony. And it's like, okay, this is what we want. And then I make suggestions based on, you know, I know what kind of budgets we have to work with. Um, I'll make... Um, suggestions based on locations, budgets, like prop stylists. And those, you know, I pull in all those elements. For this, we knew where we were going to shoot. We had no control of, you know, Disney's like, you're going to shoot here because this is where we're staging at, Mm -hmm. like all their shoots that they're um, setting up for this. And, you know, you have this amount of time. And... You know, we got in, you know, I don't remember what the time frame we had with talent, but say, say it was 11 a.m. We probably got there at 6 a.m. to load mm-hmm. in and start setting up because mm-hmm. we knew we set, we had such a short time with them. Mm-hmm. We needed to be ready. Like you of test course. everything out. And then when they come, you just knock it out. Nice. So, um, with it, it, this it amount of. Oh, sorry. And I was going to say what sometimes with Ebony, because I have, I, I know them and I have a relationship with them. Occasionally they'll, I'm brought in as one of their creative partners. Like, mm-hmm. um, they have their creative vision and then I can make suggestions and, um, and, and help kind of bring it all together. Beautiful. Um, I know that, um, you know, Ebony was one of the first, first um, digital covers that I started paying attention to where, you know, they, they were in motion, you know, um, and I always thought that was really cool. Um, 
and now I'm seeing it a lot more. Um, how that do you? Was... Get... Oh, go ahead. No, that was I know when they came back and um, um, when Mario became their editor in chief, that was very important to her. She's like, we're a digital entity; we need to mm-hmm. kind of move in that space. Um, and video is kind of especially, I think from what I see, not just with Ebony, but with a lot of um, editorials and brands in general, it's kind of digital first. Yeah. And then if they're, if they do print, it's print second. So, and, and that's Ebony's model now as well, digital first. I mean, I think it, it, they are they are only a digital entity, so it is. There's no more. Is no more print magazines. No, they just did. A, they do um, a special print issue for their hip hop, but it's not a print. Um, they don't do print. Wow. Okay. That's. I mean, I'm not. I'm not surprised. Is because, but the thing is, I don't go to magazine stands and newsstands anymore. So I know it's kind of sad. I I remember I would go hours and just look at magazines and um and see who's doing what, look at the photography and the design mm-hmm. and I don't do that anymore. I and know. it's like there used to be the magazine stand in um the 40s. It was all like every fashion magazine like in Europe, US was there and you would just go and buy magazines or look at them and get ideas and get inspiration. Yeah, um, times have changed. I think print, I don't think print is going to die, but it is going to be limited to special occasions. Things that- I don't, yeah, I don't think it will die. Uh, it definitely won't die because there's, you know, when I go by, when I do see a magazine on the stand, or when I happen to go by a magazine stand, I stop, I look, um, especially in the airport. Um, if you're like in a drugstore and you happen to see it, like I stop and look and see what's out there. So I, it's not going anywhere. It's just going to be different, I think. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So uh, John Boyega. You know, this dude, um, you know, rose to rose to stardom, you know, and um, sort of like we, we were able to watch him, you know, um, evolve, you know, watch his talent in, increase. You know, um, my son saw his picture um, earlier today as I was putting uh, this together. And, um, you know, I, I reminded him that this is uh, Finn from, from Star Wars. He was like, oh, he looks different than, you know, he doesn't have like all the, the dirty clothes and stuff. Um, so, you know, that that's special because uh, obviously everybody cleans up well for, for the covers. So, you know, how do you, when you're coming up with concepts, how do you know when you've hit an idea that makes... Like these, all these covers make the person feel a little bit larger than life. They're, they're aspirational. They have on some of the best, um, you know, um, clothing. You know, they have hair and makeup yeah. artists. They, you know, um, aside from that, though, how do you know when the concept of a of a cover is something that is uh, of of a, a a level worthy of being on the cover? Oh, 
I don't know if you, sometimes you don't know until you're there. Like mm-hmm. you have the idea and you hope it works. This was part of um, a three cover trio. Um, and it was John Boy- Boyega, um, uh, Coleman Domingo, mm-hmm. and um, Shamik Moore. And each of the people were going to be shot at three three separate shoots basically mm-hmm. and you they wanted to tie it together so that they wanted to look like a package so um but not each not each cover looked exactly the same but it looked like they belonged together so the idea of kind of the the white sheets and cloth mm-hmm. And having that movement was the thread that tied each of them together, and they and everybody had to wear white. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like we have these three people that need to be photographed. How do we make it simple enough that it can be translated? If you had to shoot one person in New York, one I think one person, two might have been in New York. And one was in Atlanta. And originally it was going to be LA, New York, and Atlanta. So how do you make it so that you can carry that theme across mm-hmm. three different cities, basically? And these are all being these all these images were being made around the same time? Um, probably within like a month of a month or a few weeks of one another. I don't remember so- exactly when. But it was all like within the same time frame. So in that situation, do you use the same photographer and and ship them around or do you work locally? So for this, um, I mean, again, uh, Keith Major is the photo director and kind of chief. Yeah, I know Keith. uh, Photographer at Ebony. So he shoots everything. So pretty much, you know, for uh, except for a few instances. and so we knew he's going to shoot everything. Okay, that makes sense. And so he's doing photography, but these covers are animated as well. So do you work, is Keith responsible for, or whoever the photographer is, are they responsible for getting the video portion as no, well? No, um, Ebony has a couple of different video crews that they work with. Um, so it... it the photographer or uh, Keith as the photo director, you know, is obviously talking to um, the video team to make sure they're in sync together. And he, he shows them the vision and maybe sometimes they collaborate. So you don't have to have two different light setups. Mm -hmm. Sometimes he'll shoot in, um, you know, hot light so that he, yeah. It, it makes an easy transition again because we didn't have a lot of time. I think maybe three hours where you want to get three looks and a video interview. Yeah, now the hot lights makes a lot of sense. Um, and something that I noticed in 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 these the digital covers is that it at first it's a still, and then when you look at it, it starts to move. So in my mind, I'm thinking that is all happening from the video side of things, you know? Well, the snow, cause the still is, um, 
the actual still image. And that's one thing with how Ebony liked to do things. Like their, their goal was like, we go from a still to a moving image. Mm -hmm. And so it's a lot of talking beforehand. And sometimes you don't know what the covers image is going to be. Like you go in with the mindset that, okay, this outfit's the cover outfit. And you make sure both video and photo are shooting for a cover. But then sometimes you get like the film back and you look at it and you're like, oh no, this is the cover. Like there's so many variables that go in there. Um, and if you're shooting, if you're only shooting a couple of looks, that's easy to do. You just shoot like, oh, we're shooting two wardrobe looks. Like we'll just shoot them both for cover. But mm -hmm. if you're shooting more of a fashion story, then you kind of pick what you think, like the two that you think will be cover. Okay. Yeah. And then it's pro it's working with the, probably in the back end when they go into post, figuring out what you have video wise and what it, and what matches with the photos that you picked. Mm -hmm. And who's in the, who's making the final decision? Which that's the choose. that's the ebony team that's the you know creative director the um editor-in-chief and the photo director and, and photographer okay. so once you get the shoot done like you kind of like with ebony i'm not so much involved in the after yeah. math I mean, except when we were working with the cgi artists because you know i was hired as the producer and not on the post and they not have the their post producer yeah. yeah yeah okay so so Sometimes you, I don't know. get it done. Yeah, I get, get it done. done. Yep. Yeah. Like when I was at Essence, I was the photo editor. So I was involved in all aspects. Mm, okay. Okay. So what would you say was the, the learning curve? What was the learning curve for you to, um, you know, going into, you know, um, working with Ebony and Essence and starting to do magazine covers after like, you know, being an assistant and, and working on still life stuff. Uh, how steep would you say the learning curve was for you to get into like, it was, I, did, I didn't start just like, especially when I went into publishing, um, I didn't start like, oh, you're getting a cover right away. It was, mm -hmm. I literally worked on all, um, aspects of, um, a magazine from like the front of book pages, you know, the smaller fashion and beauty stories, human interest stories. I did a lot of news um, and news stories, um, lifestyle. It was literally working on all aspects of mm -hmm. like the book. So, um... and then the celebrity stuff, I mean, I might've gotten a smaller like celebrity portrait for inside story it wasn't a cover like oh we need a portrait of xyz sometimes it was just assigning a photographer to go shoot someone like doing a lot of press junkets um or you had a few hours with someone and you could you know get some shots um uh, with them for whatever story you're working on it kind of slowly built up to doing like a cover shoot Okay. Yeah. So, um, that makes sense. You know, you don't just go from, you know, um, one, one aspect of the industry straight into, you know, doing magazine covers. Um, but it is one of those things that I feel like there's a mysticism around it, you know? Um, and I know from the photographer side of things, um, 
you know, how it seems like once a photographer gets their first magazine cover, then they're able to get more magazine covers, right? So um, how, what, what suggestions would you give to photographers who want to be in the editorial space and who want to do, you know, eventually, you know, have their work on, on the cover of magazines? Like what suggestions would you have for photographers? Um, it's funny. I was just talking, I did, um, a small talk, talk with some, uh, photo editors for, um, the loop who I work with, where we support mm-hmm. female and non binary photographers. And we had a community call with a couple of photo editors and, um, one of the photo editors it's had mentioned, and it's probably true. Like she said, she usually wouldn't hire someone who hasn't shot a celebrity before. Mm -hmm. So it's getting to know some publicists, like getting, um, a lot of like, if there's new talent, they need photos taken, um, like press photos. So if you get to know, um, who that new talent is and who their publicists are, Mm -hmm. um, you can start to build that relationship because sometimes names come from publicists or you, if it's a certain level talent, they may come in and say, this is who I want to shoot me mm-hmm. or they'll give names. Um, it's changed. I think a little from what it used to be. I, I know before it used to be a lot of magazines had, especially before the digital age, they had, these are our cover photographers and they may have a few people that they work with. And then um, trying to get new people sometimes would be a challenge. You know, I remember making recommendations and it's not just the talent. You have um, layers of approval. Like you have, you know, depending on the structure of your, of the magazine, it could be like a creative director. It could be the editor in chief, you know, approves all those things. Um so it's it's kind of I don't know if it, it's not hit or miss, but it's shooting for smaller independent magazines. Um, like you may not get the Vogue cover right away, but you may mm-hmm. get like some of the independent magazines that you see that are just online. Like once you start shooting, I think for those smaller pubs like -hmm. people are paying attention and they're looking and they're saying oh well you shot for you know whatever the name of the small publication is i could give you this um i think it's hard sometimes to jump into like the big name pubs right away what up y'all i hope you're enjoying this conversation so far We do our best to bring up as many dope artists as possible, and we do that with your support. And here are a few quick ways you can show some love. One, share and promote the episode with your people. Only takes a few seconds, and if you dig it, chances are your people are going to dig it as well. Two, subscribe at youtube.com slash at BOKShutter. Stay updated on all the new content. All right, y'all. We appreciate you. Now it's back to the show. So when you're looking at somebody's work and considering them to hire them, it doesn't have to be for a magazine cover, but if you're considering a new photographer, their work, 
what about what in their portfolio needs to stand out to you in order to be considered for 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 you hiring them for the first time i would look for consistency like um they're consistent in what they do like it's not like you have this one outlier image and everything looks like well it's okay but you want consistency and I look for consistency. I look for good lighting. Um, I look for a point of view. Like, what is your point of view? Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes you see photographs and they're they're nice, but you don't. Uh, the photographer doesn't bring anything like unique to it. Like, what's your point of view? Like, what? How do you interact with your subject, especially with portraits? Like you can see a portrait that like can move you and get you to see whoever you're looking at. Like kind of like, I feel like I want to say see into their soul, but that's not the right word. You want to be able to get a sense of, uh, of them and their vulnerability and, um, and unique perspectives. I remember seeing, um, a shoot that Dana Scruggs did. Um, mm-hmm. I forgot of the director it was. Um, I forgot the director it was, but she, I remember she said she had like 20 minutes to shoot this guy. And in that, they were in the hotel room. And in that 20 minutes, she got like five different setups because she got wow. him. He trusted her. Like he, well, he, he trusted her and he, he was down to do whatever she wanted. So she got him some crazy positions but it worked and you have to take a chance like mm-hmm. okay let me just ask they could say no but like i have to ask that's pretty I, I definitely bold too. look yeah and if you have 20 minutes to shoot someone you can't just keep shooting the same thing over and yep. over you have to be able to think on your feet like okay there's this unique corner here. Let me have him sit here. Let me, if there's a balcony, let me put him on the balcony. Let me um, do something that I would never do. Maybe it's like a super close up, but it's just kind of thinking out of the box and being creative. Like, so when I look at photographers, I look at, um, can they be creative? Can they work under pressure? Can they um, go in and be able to get something if they only had 10 minutes with mm-hmm. someone like what can you bring to the table um and are they consistent like i see a lot of photo photographers who like they only shoot daylight outside everything's outside and i'm looking because i know i'm like well i have to send them to shoot someone in their house or office can they do light? Can they get lighting in there? Do they know how to enhance what the natural light is? Like if mm. there's no natural light in, in this space, you have to be able to light the person. And mm-hmm. sometimes I see people like they don't know lighting well. So like I say, take take some lighting classes or look at YouTube and just keep shooting to get better and know your light. Because especially with editorial, you just don't know what kind of situation and you have to be prepared for like kind of the worst. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> there, I remember there was a time where a shoot where I sent a photographer to this woman's house and she got there and the 
woman didn't want to let her in. She decided she changed her mind the day of the shoot. Like I've talked to her in advance and she's like, Oh yeah, I'm not doing this. You're, you can't come in. Wow. And you had to pivot. She's like, well, can you come outside? There's a park across the street. And she's like, yeah. okay, I'll do that. But you're not coming in. And even though I've talked to the subject beforehand, you know, you don't know what you're going to get. Like, she's like, Nope, not coming in anymore. Wow. Yeah, you have, and that that's that's to your point. You have to be a problem solver. You have to. You get a no. I mean, photographers. I think the whole. It's funny because um, a lot of people don't want to be photographed because they see that image of them as being permanent, right? And if the photographer doesn't do a good job, there's this permanent image of them that doesn't look that doesn't represent them. But they don't feel like it represents them well that image is just out there in the world forever, right? So a lot of people don't feel comfortable being photographed. Um, So our job is to, especially if your job is to make portraits of people, is to learn how to make them comfortable. Exactly. And and you know what you're saying. So, you know, the more and more I, I, I get deeper into photography and understanding what, my relationship is to the camera and and understanding like how images affect me i'm realizing more and more that photography is about the personality of the photographer the camera is just the tool so when uh when you're thinking of who to assign to certain projects to photograph certain people you're thinking about yes the technical ability and the creativity but also their personality to bring out the best in somebody else Exactly, because you your job is to make someone so comfortable that they forget they're being photographed. Yeah, and um, and, and make them feel at ease. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's like talent is a small part of it. Sometimes it's personality. It's personality with the subject. It's personality with the person hiring, mm-hmm. especially if you're. If, if it's a person you're going to be on set with, like we're not saving lives. So we want to have fun. You know, it's, a, you think about it, it's creative. It's fun. Let's have fun while we're doing it. So yeah. if I, I always tell photographers, be nice to everyone, like from the, from the assistants to like your, to your photo assistants, to the assistants of, like the creative director, the photo editor, because you don't know what positions they'll end up in and they could be in a position to hire you. And people remember like, oh, he was, you know, that guy was really rude to his photo assistant. I don't want to be on set like with someone who's going to treat their assistant like poorly. Um, Cause so it makes, it's a bad reflection if you're not nice to people. Yeah. Or even be, even be, be nice and courteous to uh, the security guards, to exactly. the uh, custodians, right? Like these are the folks that's going to get you the access that you really need in, in a lot of cases, right? Or they're the ones sometimes that'll give you the extra five, 10 minutes when the place is supposed to be shut down. Exactly. You know? So you never know. You never know. I think it is just about um, having like a, a nice personality that, um, that's genuine, right? But you know, we, you know, our personality is what gets us in the door in a lot of cases, you know. Yeah, and I and I've known 
um, photographers that like who say they want though I want to shoot portraits and then they shoot portraits and they're like you know this isn't for me I like shooting like still life or any food or some like interiors like something that's inanimate because I don't have to deal with the personality um and that's a different type of photographer and there's nothing wrong with that everyone has like what they go everyone has their strong suit of what they gravitate toward Mm -hmm. um Like, as I said, I wanted to be a still life photographer. I just thought, but it was more in the art. Like, I remember, um, I forgot who it was. Like, I saw some stuff. The name escapes me, what I saw. Um, And I was like, these are so beautiful. Like, and they were just beautiful still life photographs, but Mm -hmm. done in this artistic way. And I'm like, this is what I'm going to do. And when I thought of still life, I thought of it more of a, is a artistic way, not like commercial. So when I started working in the commercial as field, I was like, Oh, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. You more, Especially more when you're dealing with product, like you're like, I don't care if this product looks good, like, and, or having a deep, conversation on jello or whatever the product is (laughs) and you hear all the marketing people and and, but this is what's paying the bill so Mm -hmm. that's when i realized like yeah this is not for me isn't it isn't it funny how like something that you just you're still in the field that you want to be in right you wanted to be in a photography field but you could be on set working on something that is still photography related but just doesn't move you at all Yeah. And I think it, well, doing it myself didn't move me. And Mm -hmm. then like now if I had to create like a still life shoot, I love doing that. Like, oh, I love finding the right prop stylist and the right location and studio and pulling it all together that way. Mm -hmm. I love doing that. Nice. Nice. So, um, I want to talk about this Janelle Monae cover. Uh, this, you know, if anybody's familiar with her work, this cover seems like so fitting for who she is as an artist. You know, um, can you talk about how this cover came together? Oh yeah, and she was very involved in the creative on this one. So that, uh, that makes sense. <laughs> um, it was oh, having a call with her, and you know, you tell me your ideas, and she told us her, her ideas, and actually, she wanted something completely slightly different than this it wasn't this and um this is what like the photographer's like no i think this is trust me i'm gonna bring my you know special lens you're gonna love it and when she saw it on set it's like oh okay that's fire i love it like nice so it was kind of talking her through what um her vision, but mm-hmm. yeah, she's sometimes you have talent that's involved in the creative and have ideas because they have, um, like she has a certain brand and aesthetic yeah. that fits her, yeah. So, of course, she's gonna be involved, yeah. Have you, have you, um, how have you handled pushback or resistance from um, talent that are just like, nah, I'm not rocking with that at all? How have you sometimes you just have to, sometimes there's no you can try to push back, but like, ultimately they're not going to do it. They're not going to do it. And I think if 
um, a talent's not going to do something. It's just going to make for a miserable day on set. So, so you just have to I haven't go back had to the that. I haven't. Yeah, I haven't had that really happen. There might be some things where, yeah, there's a little pushback, and you can kind of massage them into it. Um, but luckily, I haven't had that. There have been times, though. Yeah, I'm on the phone, and the talents on the phone. I remember uh, since we shot Janet Jackson, and, and I'm on a phone call with Janet Jackson, and because she was involved in the creative, and it was like, what? Like, this is unreal. <laughs> mm. Wow, that's dope, man. I mean, the fact that you're on a call, you're on calls with with some of these folks, you know. Like so far, you know, we. Uh, you know, Ebony is one of Ebony and Essence. They're both like two of the longest running, you know, black publications, right? Um, so, and then to photograph and work with the 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 amount of people and the level of talent that you've worked with is like is 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 our black royalty in a sense, right? Um, that's just, uh, you know, that's it's 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 amazing to have that amount of people to have worked with you know um out of the people all the people that you've worked with throughout these years have you ever had like like fan moments with them or you able to keep it completely no i keep i keep it uh definitely i i keep it professional because mm -hmm. i mean it's ultimately it's a job so there are times yeah you may like be fanning inside i probably janet jackson was probably the fan moment <laughs> yeah. um or there'll be um I don't know. Like, like I know Oprah. your 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 bio. I know your bio picture on your site is you and Oprah. Yeah, and but that was maybe like the third or fourth time I photographed her. I never asked for a picture. There mm. were times where like we were like, oh, we want to get a picture of Oprah, and you just like you had twenty minutes to shoot mm -hmm. her, and she's off to the next thing. Yeah. Um, and with that one. It was, we all want it, but I was like, I'm not going to ask. Mm -hmm. And one of the, I think, fashion assistants asked, and then he grabbed me over. He's like, Tracy, get your picture. Yeah. Uh, so, did, she did she remember you from the previous previous times you worked together? I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> I there have been times where I've photographed, like I've been on set with Pete people multiple times and I'll go and say, Oh, I remember, you know, I shot you, you know, it was an ebony shoot. And I was like, Oh, I shot you on your essence cover, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And they're like, Oh yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, they don't remember. They're like they're <laughs> meeting so many. Occasionally you get people that remember, but you know, I don't expect them to, cause you're just meeting so many people yeah, and it. it's like, it's a, you meet them once and then that's it. But she was, you know, super, super nice, easygoing. Um, and yeah, like, it, it, and a lot of times if you're a photo, I think the first time I photographed her was with Oprah and Tyler Perry. And we had 20 minutes for a shoot. So like, you can't remember. <laughs> wow. So... But it's cool that you got the photo, you know, um, because again, that's black royalty and, um, you know, it's proof that you were, were there with her, you know? Um, so yeah, uh, 50 years of hip hop, you know, um, I'm sure this was a busy year trying to, trying to cover, 
um, a lot of the different talent that was out there. But um, let's talk about this cover with with Buster. I feel like uh, this. I mean, again, the concepts are there. This is black royalty. Everybody is treated like royalty on these covers. Uh, you know what was going on with this this image? Yeah, and this was something that came together, you know, really quickly and. Um, okay, he had some ideas of what he wanted and he was involved in super, super like creative guy. Like you just think of everything that he's done in his career. And um, I remember we talked about the flowers um, and and he's like, he, he's like, I want a throne. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, we have, a, we're getting a throne. Nice. No, no, no. Like he wanted a throne. And then it wasn't until we talked about, you know, we're shooting in studio, like, no, let's shoot this um, outside, like finding the right rooftop that was available that we could get like that mm -hmm. kind of iconic New York City skyline it all just kind of fell together but it was a really quick turnaround and it was yeah it was a pretty you know hectic day on set but fun and again I this was like we didn't have a lot of time with him you know we had a couple of hours a few hours but um you know i can tell sometimes people don't and i think he mentioned this and when he was talking to us like he's like he likes doing video shoots, not photo shoots. Mm -hmm. And um, so once he saw the concept and everything, the sets that we had, like with the flowered wall pulled together, he's like, oh, okay, this is pretty dope. Yeah, yeah. And um, I love how like the top of the throne feels like it's part of the skyline. It's part, yeah. And then right. that's, you know, sometimes you don't figure those things out until you get there because... Yeah. You know, you get the throne and you're like, okay, there's a couple of different views that you can get. We wanted the, obviously the Empire State Building, but then when you put it where it is, it fits perfectly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, Buster Rhymes, you know, uh, getting his flowers, you know. I yeah, think and that's what really... something he... He said he was saying in um, the conversation with him, he's like, I want my flower, you know, give me my flowers. Mm. It's interesting because the whole concept of flowers usually is other people saying, suggesting that somebody should get their flowers as opposed to the person themselves saying, I should get my flowers. Does that make sense? Well, like, yeah, but I think, I mean, his career, he deserves it. Like, yeah, he oh, had 100%. His, a long, amazing 100%. career. And that's what it is. It's like Ebony's giving him yeah. their, the flowers. I mean, yeah, and, that was the concept I saw just looking at these two images. Um, and it, it makes perfect sense. And I think, especially with Buster, uh, I feel like hip hop, has really rallied together in the last few in the last few years to really honor and re recognize him for everything that he's done. Um, so I think he's one of the um, he's one of the main people. I feel like hip hop has rallied around to like intentionally show that they're giving him his flowers. I think so, and I just like after I remember right before the shoot, I started looking at the old videos he did. I was like groundbreaking super yes. creative like it's like yes. he he did it he did it and he yeah. still is 
And then yeah. like a shoot, like this shot here, you know, creating a flower wall, if it was all real flowers would be super expensive. Like, mm -hmm. how do you create this in a budget? And it was like, okay, we rented like, you know, a fake flowered wall, but then dispersed real flowers throughout. Mm -hmm. And I think the whole front of it's real flowers. And then within the wall, there's real flowers. So it gives it like, it, it doesn't look fake. Mm -hmm. <laughs> a, a lot of times you're working within budget. So you're mm -hmm. like, okay, I got to do this in a budget. And time. Budget right. and time, yeah. Time they go to time and money go hand in hand. <laughs> and a lot of times you know? with these, it's a lot of prep the day of. So, mm -hmm. you know, say your talent gets there at noon, you're probably there at you know nine or ten o'clock. Mm -hmm. Even uh, I like to be super early if possible. Depend um, so that you can load in, really yeah. look at what you have, and then start setting up. So by the time the talent comes, you know, they do their fitting, they go into their grooming, and they're ready to roll. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of waiting time. Yeah, You you sess out like, okay, we're going to have shot one here, shot two there. Mm -hmm. You know, I think there was like four shots. Yeah, amazing. And I love the fact that, you know, um, they go together. The concept of the cover, you know, is a hint is hints of the flowers next to him. And then I'm sure like as you go more into the story, more into the article, then this will be one of like the main images. And it's still that connecting thread of the flowers and and the and his royalty, you know, his regalness. In all the shots, yeah, that was kind of the running theme. Yeah. So there was a shot where he's holding a microphone and there's flowers wrapped around the microphone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. I love how like these concepts come together, you know. Um, this, I think, this uh, cover nearly broke the internet, right? <laughs> um, like, especially the video cover. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this dude is like another one, meteoric rise. Um, so what you know? Um, anything interesting on this set? Working with with on this cover. No, he was like super, uh, super nice guy, kind of down to try, like w once he got there and looked at everything in the clothes was, okay, I'm game for it. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes you might have someone who's like, oh, he might not want to have his, um, may want to have a shirt on or, you know, whatever, whatever it is, but he was pretty down to so try different things. What's interesting is the timing of this, right? So this cover came out um, as Creed Three was coming out, as they started doing the promotions for Creed Three, right? And in Creed, obviously he's shirtless because he's boxing. So it's interesting, like how like the coordination of a cover like this leads into something else that he's currently promoting you know like is is this strategy behind that and that's probably the ebony creative people on this one like sometimes there is like sometimes i've been on um projects where they want to tie it into whatever the project they're promoting i think sometimes it doesn't have to be related so much because uh, uh, 
yeah, sometimes it has to make sense or sometimes people are doing multiple projects. So you're like, uh, this was all about, because it was February too, it's like- Valentine's, yeah. Valentine's, it's flowers, it's love, you know, and again, who doesn't want to see a shirtless man on the cover? I mean, I think it's also understanding Ebony's audience, right? Ebony's audience yeah. is mostly, you know, largely black women. Yeah, it's women. Well, one thing with Ebony, because their um, audience is men and women, mm -hmm. um, or their content is family. It's men, women, family, whereas, you know, you may have um, another publication that's a primarily female audience. Mm -hmm. But yeah, to get women to watch, it's like, what's wrong with a shirtless man? <laughs> <laughs> They're down for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the so, same, you know, the same with this. You mm -hmm. know, this is right before The Little Mermaid. And yeah. I remember uh, we wanted to have some water element. Yeah. But this was shot in L.A. during the time where it was raining constantly. Mm-hmm. So you kind of had a pivot. So a lot of the shots were in uh, inside a home. And then when they, when it cleared up, like they're like, it's going to clear up in the afternoon. We're going to run to the beach and do some shots mm -hmm. there. So again, like, that's another like, situation where everybody has to be, um, they have to know what they're doing, be comfortable with making decisions fast and on the spot. Right. And, and being yeah. able to execute it very, very quickly. Exactly. And then like, it's like, okay, don't, you don't need a whole team. Just send like the photographer, a video person and creative director, like mm -hmm. keep it nimble and quick. Like yep. we don't need it, the entire team there. So was this like they were making images in the house and then once they heard that it was going to clear up, they just ran out or well, these are different yeah, pretty days. much we no no it's one day you only have one day with the talent you don't mm -hmm. have multiple days mm -hmm. um so it's looking at the weather and saying okay it's i remember it rained the day it was raining days before the shoot and then it stopped raining probably the afternoon before and you're just like hope it doesn't rain right now it's scheduled it's one of those you know 50 percent chance of rain and you look we'll get all knock all the shots we'll see how it goes in the afternoon and if we can get this shot in and we're gonna try to get it in talents game for it and mm -hmm. that's how it's like sometimes you just don't know and and you plan on it like you know okay we're gonna plan for the afternoon hopefully it's not gonna start raining and it didn't it didn't end up raining i think it sprinkled a little that day but it wasn't like the heavy downpours that they were getting okay. and i've done shots i remember doing a shoot it was a fashion shoot where we were shooting uh swim you know we rented a house with a pool and it literally rained every day in LA and you're like, it never rains in LA. That's why you come and shoot here. Mm -hmm. And we switched the shoot day, but we couldn't switch it anymore. So we're like, it rained, poured rain 
up until we got to the location, it stopped, but it was cold and no, no blue sky. We did the shoot and then kind of had to Photoshop like the blue sky in because mm. it was just a dull overcast day. Wow. And sometimes you can't change the date. You just can't like, especially if you're dealing with talent, they're on a schedule and it could be like, oh, you know, maybe it's, I'm just going to use Serena as an example. Like, you know, you have Serena for this amount of time. And then the next day she's going to Europe for a project. Yeah. So you gotta make it it's work. like, you got to make it work. I remember um, I had a, I had a gig for a, com a big commercial client. Co uh, creative director was there, and we had mapped out um, a bunch of a bunch of locations, right? Like a cafe, a restaurant, a rooftop, all within like two or three days of shooting. And this one outdoor location that we were set up to go photograph. It just rained. The sky opened up and it just poured. And in that location, we were planning to get maybe like two or three different looks. And I remember, like, this is one of my f my first commercial gigs. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, it's raining. Ain't nothing you can do. And the creative director was like, hold up. Uh, my hotel is close by. Let's get into the hotel building and see if we can, like, work something, right? So um, we went back to the hotel room. And we, we had the talent with us. And we made some photos happen in that space. And... He was like, you know, it's, it's always a good practice to, even if something goes wrong, still do your best to get something out of it. Still send something yes. to the client. It's not, you never know what you're going to come up with, but you're also showing that client that you are taking their needs into consideration by even attempting to come up with something, even in a exactly. messed up situation. And that was a great learning lesson for me. Like, oh, okay, you don't just throw in the towel. You you push to make something happen. Even if it's you, crap, you still you still make the attempt. You make something happen. And uh, there are times where I've seen or heard people where, like, they're on location. There's no, like, they're out in the middle of nowhere. And it's, like, it just rain comes from nowhere. And they'll put up tarps and they'll just wait. They're like, okay, we can't get out there in the pouring rain. We'll just wait till it calms down. And they just wait. Mm -hmm. And I've shot in the rain where sometimes it's like it, it, we gave the model umbrella and made that part of the props that yeah, she would carry. Yeah, I was going to say that, yeah. Like it was a fashion story and it turned out like to be one of these days where it just got extremely cold. And, you know, we're all, everyone's bundled in coats and sweaters and the model's like not. Nah. But mm -hmm. we made, like, we went and bought some umbrellas. We're like, okay, let's buy some black umbrellas and make mm -hmm. that part of the props. If, yeah. Like, if we knew in advance, we could call in some from a fashion house. But we just didn't have the time for that. Yeah, yeah. And you just make it part of the prop. Yeah. 100%. You know, um, it's one of those things, though, you don't, for me, I didn't, I wouldn't have thought to do that unless I saw somebody who's experienced in that. Like, you to could tell, that. like, he's done this creative director has um, had to make several adjustments along his career where he just knows to do that intuitively as someone yeah, starting out. Yeah. That's something that um, 
maybe a beginning photographer may be afraid to take that chance. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, it shows a initiative and it shows that you're trying to make something out of like a bad situation. So even if you, you go to the client and you say, look, the skies opened up, it poured rain or the locate something happened to the location. So we had to pivot. We got this. And sometimes the, the pivot shots could be like, oh, this came out great. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's like, oh, it may not work. And then the client could decide like, well, let's do another day of this or yeah. we'll make this work. Yeah. But you can't just wrap it up and say, all right, cool, I'll meet you at the bar. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, you still got all this time left <laughs> that you could have been working on something, right? Yeah. So. And it, like, as my job as the producer, um, that's like, I'm kind of the pivoter, I guess, mm-hmm. like how we can save and salvage something. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, you know, I think, you know, you've gone through the behind the scenes of a lot of these um, images um, and, and what it takes to make these images. Um, this artist that did the face paint is uh, Lao Lu, Nigerian Lalu, artist, yeah. right? Um, you know, uh, uh, you know, his, his artwork has been like all over people. It's interesting. His artwork goes on people and then the photograph happens. So it's like layers of art happening. Um, I just love this, the way that um, African art has been showing up, you know, in, in more places. Um, how'd you decide to work with him on this? On this that couple? was our, we had a new boss, like my bill, like our big boss, um, who was head of all the creative and this is what she wanted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this, she came, she's like, this is what I want. And this is what we did. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Beautiful. Another one. I feel like, you know, I think what's the next one between. Okay. Yeah, I knew it. Michelle Obama and Oprah. And it was funny is as I was looking at both these images, right. I almost had like very similar reactions. Like I, like as far as the importance, right? Like Michelle Obama is, you know, she was first, the first lady, right? Um, but Oprah has like this same, like this sort of like larger than life, you know, um, presence as well. And I, I kind of got it confused for a second. Like, you know, like Oprah was like the, the first lady in a sense, just, I mean, <laughs> the way that she presents herself, um, the amount of presence she has um, on camera, um, how familiar she is to, to us, you know, it was definitely, you know, she's definitely not a, the average person. And I, I sort of had the same response when I saw, you know, Michelle Obama and I saw Oprah and it was like, oh, wait, I had to stop and, you know, um, categorize them for a second. But um, what is it like for you to like get that call that you're going to be, you know, um, photographing Oprah or photographing, you know, Michelle Obama? Um, I mean, they're both kind of, like you said, icons and um, someone that like, if you even got to meet for just a few seconds, it will like touch you. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, With Michelle Obama, it was, you know, you have a short amount of time with her. Mm -hmm. This was after uh, they left the White House. So um, 
I remember with this shoot in particular, um, when the creative director and I, uh, the creative director was coming up with like, we only have a short amount of time with her. It's one look. Um, and she was looking at different hairstyles of Michelle's that um, trying to pull what she liked. And we had a phone call with uh, Michelle's team and they had said, well, how do you feel about doing, um, we sent them the board and they're like, Michelle really wants to do natural hair. And we are like, throw everything we gave you. Let's do, we're doing natural hair. Cause that's mm -hmm. essence. Like mm -hmm. we would love to, we didn't even think that was an option because we were, just, and they were like, no, she really wants to do natural hair. And, and she's out like, the white house at this time. Right. So, yeah. So <laughs> we're like, bet. <laughs> Like, so that was kind of the cool thing about this. Like, mm -hmm. she just wanted big curls. She wanted mm -hmm. her curls and natural curls. And, Beautiful. you know, we had a conversation with her hairstylist. Like, she was talking about, we're talking about different looks. And um, ultimately, this is what they came up with. But for us, you know, for Eb or Essence, that was like, you know, it's a woman, a magazine for you know, predominantly black women, you want to show mm -hmm. her in all her glory. Yeah. And I think it was the first time she did a photo shoot in her natural like hair. Which is so crazy. That's so crazy. If I wonder like, was she just like for for the eight years being in a public eye, like was she just like just like itching to like let the curls out or like like how or just I, ha like having to conform you probably like in that role i can't make assumptions i i just imagine it's stressful to be in that role and you probably present yourself a certain way and mm -hmm. that's it but you know she's out of the office i can be yeah. free and and it's great that y'all jumped at the opportunity she says she yeah, wanted it wasn't even out. as soon as we heard the conversation it was throw everything we gave you away mm -hmm. nice we're nice. we're down with that and then meeting her she came in and um you know introduced herself we're like yeah we know who you are <laughs> and, and, and it was we all echoed we miss you we miss you because it mm -hmm. was you know what this was 2018 so oh, you know yeah. our yeah yeah. Ray, we're like, we wish you were back. We wish yeah. you guys were back. And she's like, I get that all the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And but she was lovely, did her job. And sometimes like with someone like her, you may not have um when the call comes through, like I'm obviously not the one booking the talent. We had um uh, like a entertainment director and talent bookers that deal with the talent. They're the ones who are telling you who you're going to um, photograph or who the stories are. Mm -hmm. And with this, when you get the call, you're like, okay, like we're shooting her in DC in a, in a, in a, um, in a studio. We have X amount of time. She said, basically, this is who I'd like to photograph me. And you're like, whatever you want. Mm -hmm. So she had her own photographer uh, that she, she wanted to work with? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you just, with, with someone of, like that, oh, how often do you, if if um, a talent has like somebody that they want to work with, how often do you feel like you have to work with them? 
I think it depends on who the talent is and what it's for. Like, usually you can say, no, this is who I work with. Or sometimes they name people that like, you know, with this particular photographer, I already knew him. I worked with him. Mm -hmm. Um, I've known him for a long time. So, and, Mm -hmm. um, it's, you know, it is what it is, but with someone of that caliber, you're not going to push back. So normally Um, they're not saying like, Hey, my my cousin Craig, I want my cousin Craig. No, they're usually, (laughs) you know, big name photographers yeah, yeah um right. and some instances someone will come and it will be someone you may not be familiar with or it's like you know a lot of celebrities now have staff photographers that follow them around and mm-hmm. you don't want it to be you know you want to make it so that this is the brand shoot and not mm-hmm the shoot for the talent. So you have to be, yeah. it's kind of be finding the respectful way to like, Oh no, here's some mm-hmm. photographers that we use and you can give them names and they're like, okay, I like these people. I'm okay. Got it. Okay. And, um, I think last image, uh, I mean, let's talk about Oprah. This is a beautiful photo. Uh, I love the smoke, the mystery behind it. Like, so this was shot with the series. It was a cover of, her Oprah, um, Oprah, um, Ava DuVernay and Storm Reed for when, uh, was that a wrinkle in time came out? Yes. And we wanted something mystical and, um, my creative director had this idea of like these, I forgot what they're called. Is it Tesla? Like these cubes? these floating cubes and we're like, okay, how do we create that? We, I I bring in the prop stylist and we talk to him and, um, talk to the photographer. They may have some ideas and, um, we created this, like these floating cubes. Um, and then photographed each person differently within Mm -hmm. the setup. But, you know, Oprah was like, cool. She climbed up on the cube and was like, okay, I'll do that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you'll get people like I've done. I did a shoot once where I was shooting the cast of the game when it first came out. And we wanted like kind of a locker room setup where we wanted one of the talent to lay across the top of the lockers. Mm -hmm. Um, And the talent that we wanted to lay up there. She's like, Oh no, I can't do that. She's like, she did not want to do that, but someone else said, I'll do it. I don't care. And they got up there and did, did it. So you, you know, pivot like, yeah. cause you were trying to like break up how, like how the talent yeah. are going to be in the spread. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, so yeah, this was, this was probably, I think this, and in terms of, um, like environments that I thought like were in a studio that were cool, like that you're creating this out of nothing. Yeah. We're like, bring the smoke machine in, let's try this. And it's a lot of, again, setup because you don't have a lot of time with the talent. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine how fun it is to think of um, set design like this because it's different. How, how often are you able to like go in and photograph someone like Oprah with, 
who already is is photogenic and um you know she's going to bring certain life to the image but then also have her in this environment that is so interesting as well it just yeah it's like surreal because it does is it's not a real place it's made up (laughs) and it's also a little bit on a um riskier side of things for someone who is so um in the public eye right like you know what if it, it flops and you know um you have one of the most recognizable people in the world in the photo that kind of flops right it's like a risk but it also if it works well it's like oh that's edgy right you took it out you took it outside of the box and that actually um worked in your favor right yeah Definitely. And I, I like pulling together, like, especially when you do sets and you're building, like, I remember we shot the cast of, uh, Essence shot the cast of, um, uh, hidden figures Mm -hmm. and we wanted kind of this space look Mm -hmm. and, um, came up with like the mood board. And then when the day of the shoot, you see it, you're like, this is so awesome. Like we create, it was like space rocks, lots of color, like kind of purpley blue, gray color smoke. Um, it looked like we were in space. Mm-hmm. And when you do something like that, like to see it from just an idea to a mood board to mm-hmm. like, reality and then when you see the final product you're like okay this is pretty cool i I really like doing that that's the thing about art that um makes you feel alive is when they when like i remember just reading about like the magic of art is like you know like what we do and this is for anybody who creates not just photographers but you come up with an idea and it lives in your head and then you do all the necessary steps to take that one little seed of an idea in your head and then create something that is tangible. That's magic. Like yeah. we make magic every time we take something out of our head and like bring it out into the world that people can see, other people can see, touch, taste, experience, whatever. Like that is magic. And that's what we do, you know, all the time. I totally agree. And even if it's like something that's like with the Oprah image where it's, really made up or if you're on like a location and you're shooting someone in a like a beach environment or yeah. like a lush kind of uh tropical environment like to pull out like the inspiration and then go and you scout the locations that give you what you see in your mm-hmm. head and mm-hmm. kind of in your mood board it's always and to me like your mood board is that it's a mood board sometimes people want to be literal like no it needs to be exactly this i think it's no it's an idea so Mm -hmm. and and you take that and you um bring it to life but kind of make it something different maybe it's more a little more aspirational it's Mm -hmm. not like just copying something it's for reference, right? Exactly. Because you know? if you're copying everything in the mood board, then you're not... It's you're just not bringing a... anything new to it. You're just exactly. like copying. Exactly. So 
Tracy, there were so many more images I wanted to talk about, but I think for now we're going to cap it here. I think this image of Oprah is a is a, a beautiful image to end on. But I, I want to thank you so much for your time, for sharing your insights and your experience. Uh, can you go ahead and tell folks where they can find more of your work if they're interested? Sure. You can uh, go to my website. It's tracywoods.com and that's T-R-A-C-E-Y-W-O-O-D-S. And you can also find me on Instagram. It's tracycees, um, T-R-A-C-E-Y-S-E-E-S. Um, I think I'm on, t- I'm on TikTok too, but I never go on there. You, you, you're not um, doing your dances? I don't do the dances. <laughs> um, I was, I originally joined because I had a lot of commercial clients who were looking, um, who wanted social media, like marketing Mm -hmm. app, you know, and I was like, well, what's the TikTok? Like I needed to know what it was. And I posted a few things like, um, everyone's like, oh, the talks you gave for the loop should be on it. Um as well and you know again i'm also i work with the loop it's l-u-u-p-e and um you can find us on instagram as well and that's l-u-u-p-e the loop all right so uh tracy once again thank you for um you know joining us here at the black shutter podcast we appreciate you your time and your your insights all right so on that thank you for having me you got it. You got it. We'll see you around. All right. All right. All right. Bye. Peace. Yo, family, that's a wrap for this episode. Thank you for tuning in. We appreciate your support. Now, if you were digging this conversation, be sure to send the artist some love. Hopefully, some part of their experience inspired you to be a better artist and to be a better human. Be sure to follow us on youtube.com slash at BLK Shutter. On that note, we'll catch you in the next episode. Peace.